had to adjust my labor budget because when I terminated this individual, I had to hire two people to maintain and sustain at the level of productivity that we were operating. But it was necessary in order to save the entire department. And that is just so key and a good example of saying no. back for another 20 minutes of winning. I'm Dave Ketchin with my good friend Larry Thornton, who's featuring a shirt from Augusta National today. <laughs> Certainly winning at the Masters is uh, a lifetime achievement for anybody who's in professional golf. So it's very consistent with our theme of winning. Today, we're going to talk about uh, winning by saying no. Wow. And I think saying no is, is rather difficult for a lot of folks. You know, we're, we're kind of brainwashed from an early age that saying yes is uh, a very positive thing and that saying no is, is more of a negative thing. But I have this quote from uh, Warren Buffett, who, of course, has been extremely successful in life. And here's what he says. The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. So what do they say? No? Yeah. What do they say no to? They avoid excessive commitments, right? Sometimes we get asked to do things that viewed in isolation by themselves have a lot of merit, but as part of our portfolio of activities would distract us from what we really need to be concentrating on. Another key aspect of saying no is putting a stop to unacceptable situations. And a lot of folks have trouble doing that. They have trouble giving people bad news or firing a bad employee or cutting off a bad relationship. Um, you've shared with me that when you were at Coca-Cola, you had to fire somebody who was extremely talented, but was a disruptive influence. So I was hoping you could talk about that experience a little bit. Right. Well, Dave, it's good to be back with you. It's good to be back with you again for another 20 minutes of winning. Uh, I love these podcasts because I am hopefully not so naive, but I believe that they're helpful. I think that, that, that people are really seeking for an avenue to win to a greater degree. That's what these are all about. And I don't ever want to lose sight of that. Um, saying no, well, I'm still guilty. I'm certainly no, I'm no Warren Buffett by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, yes is the sweetest sound in the world. Uh, you go back to being 15, 16, and 17, and you go over to ask the young lady for a dance, and you're just waiting. You're just looking for the yes. It is the most precious sound in the world. 
But sometimes, Dave, to your earlier point, no is the most intelligible response that we can give for the greater good. And uh, that's not an easy thing by any means. So I'm still trying my best to say yes to as much as I possibly can uh, and not to the detriment or at the risk of doing a poor job from having said yes too many times. And I think that's the point that we're trying to make. So in other words, if, if we're looking to soar, if I'm looking to get closer, <laughs> I'm a long ways away from Warren Buffett. You know, I have to augment uh, how often I say uh, yes versus no. It reminds me a little bit of a uh, airliner. So we could think of the airliner as our career. If we put too many passengers and too much luggage on that airliner, it cannot take off. It cannot reach its destination. We have to say no to some passengers and to some luggage if our plane is going to actually reach its destination. Dave, I love that illustration. It is so true. And I'm sure that there are lots and lots of other ones because the whole point of this session is to get us to think and to realize the value and the benefit to a no experience. So you asked about a situation at, at um, uh, the time that I ran the outdoor sign department at Coca-Cola. You are absolutely correct. I had a gentleman that was so talented. This gentleman was able to erect the sign. He could well, he understood electricity. He could wire the sign, putting ballasts in. He could paint the signs. He could service the sign. But his nature and his attitude, once again, getting back to those life skills. I'll just kind of say this right quickly. <laughs> For those individuals who are able to master these five points, doesn't matter if you're a physician, if you're an engineer, if you are an eminent professor, or if you are a business owner, if you will, first of all, work harder on yourself than you do on any job, master these five areas, communication skills, relationship skills, demeanor, deportment, disposition, to the individual who will master these can pretty much write his or her ticket to success. That is the only explanation that I can give to you for an artist becoming a corporate executive, flying on private jets to international meetings, owning seven restaurants, relationship skills, communication skills, deportment, demeanor, disposition, they'll get you there. This gentleman was so talented, but had a very poor attitude as it relates to other people. I've got an eight-man department, and here's a guy that can do the work of two and a half to three people, but he's destroying my department. He was good and he knew he was good. And he didn't mind letting everybody else know 
how good he was and how absolutely terrible he thought they were without any embarrassments at all. It was a natural, it was as natural for him as breathing. And I had to make a decision. I knew that we were in an aggressive program, competitive program with our arch rival. And I needed the talents of this individual, but I needed the success of my entire department more so than I needed any one individual. And that's very significant to know. I had to adjust my labor budget because when I terminated this individual, I had to hire two people to maintain and sustain at the level of productivity that we were operating. But it was necessary in order to save the entire department. And that is just so key and a good example of saying no. It might not surprise you to learn that uh, academia is, I won't say chock full, but we have a few characters like that as well (laughs) that uh, are very good and they know it. So uh, my first job out of graduate school was at another SEC school, which I won't mention, but um, the uh, most accomplished and famous person in that department was um, what I would consider to be a, a cancer carrying person, a cancer to an organizational culture, yep. much like the person that you're talking about. And uh, when I left that institution, it was kind of interesting because uh, I had an exit interview with the dean. Why are you leaving? And uh, I mentioned this person among my reasons. And he said, well, that's interesting because there's three people in your department who are leaving and all of you have mentioned a variety of reasons, but all three of you had one reason in common. And it was this particular individual who simply made people around him absolutely miserable. How about that? So the three of us said no to being a part of a horrible culture and found uh, other things to do with ourselves. Yep. Makes sense. Let me make this point, uh, point this point as well, Dave. Um, as I said, yes is the sweetest sound in the world. But one of the things, having not studied business in any formal fashion at all, but I've stumbled upon this one reality. <clears throat> that I believe to be true. The business tends to to act as an entity in and of itself. And it speaks, it will always dictate to you what needs to happen in defense of its own sustenance. That's an interesting statement. It will always indicate what needs to happen next. And those indications can become very, very difficult when the business is saying that you need to terminate, you need to say no to your own blood. And uh, one of the reasons that I went into business, large reason, was because of my children. I have three children. My son is one of the finest young men that Uh, any dad could ever ask for. And my greatest joy is getting an opportunity to work with him on a daily basis. But my daughter, who was less enthusiastic and passionate about the business 
And with all of my counsel and nudging and pushing, uh, it was just not something that she could get excited about. And in our business, uh, service and passion are key to the success. And given one, uh, what we call QSC, quality service and cleanliness evaluation, with her restaurant or the one that she was responsible for failing miserably, uh, it was clear uh, that it wasn't the failure. We can deal with that all right, but it was the apathy and the passiveness about the failure. And the business was speaking to me, Dave, loudly and clearly that I needed to say no to the continuance of that employment. And I did just that, proved to be good for the business and good for her uh, in the process. But no, um, as difficult as it could possibly perhaps be, can be sometimes the most appropriate response, period. Was your daughter relieved in a sense? Eventually, yes. Uh, not quite understanding because, um, and the reason I even share this story is because uh, anyone listening to this podcast can think of a circumstance where a spouse, whether that's a male spouse or a female spouse uh, who's not interested and passionate about the business, can take a business down. People who are listening to this podcast who have children or siblings who are not excited or passionate about the business can destroy a business. And when I wrote this book, Why Not Win, I wanted it to be an honest book. And so you don't talk about those kinds of things, but I would hate to learn of a business who could not make the decision, who could not say no at the appropriate time because the business is not, should not be just about the individual and the family, in my opinion. It is about the community. And I've always understood the ministerial aspects of our business. My son gets it very well. And we think that we are fulfilling a great, great cause in the process. And uh, the business has thanked me for that decision. And after 28 years of success, we're still moving ahead. There's actually a fair amount of research on uh, family businesses, and you may not be surprised to learn that very few will actually make it to the third generation of ownership. Most of, wow. them, most of them collapse by the time the third generation rolls around, and a big element of it is because the founders don't have, don't have it in them to seemingly be mean to their children and their grandchildren. Yep. Well, Dave, I've seen it. I've seen too much of that. Uh, I do remember my incorporating attorney when I got started. He looked at me with this smirk on his face. He says, ah, a family business, <laughs> the best and worst thing in the world. <laughs> and I have seen the extremes of both of those uh, in that chasm. It's been an interesting run. But, uh, you know, all in all, you know, if you're about the business and you let the business take the leadership and do what's best and good for the business, because the business is doing so much for the community, uh, then you make those decisions. An important aspect of saying no, whether it's uh, letting an employee go, 
or um, removing a family member from a business or turning down a charitable opportunity is that saying no tends to have a pretty strong impact on the person who receives that information. So if we think back to your earlier discussion of uh, being a teenager at a dance, if a young lady happens to say no, it's very uh, discouraging. And in fact, there's some research that was done by a a psychology professor at uh, Florida State, one of my former employers. And one of the things that he found is that our brains simply react much differently to hearing good news versus hearing bad news. So you could tell somebody yes five times. Five girls could agree to dance with you. That will be outweighed by one no. Five yeses will be outweighed (laughs) by one no. So at the end of the night at the dance, you'll be less likely to remember the five girls who said, yes, I will dance with you, Larry, and more likely to remember the girl who said no. So from the perspective of somebody who does a lot of supervising, how do you present a no answer to folks to try to let them down a little more gently? Yep. Well, I will say to you, here again, going back to those life skills, they will always take precedence over the business jargon and the nuts and bolts of the P&L and the finance and the accounting. You know, my, uh, that same attorney told me uh, when I uh, incorporated, he said, Larry, uh, what your business is going to be about people, period. And so if that's true, yeah, we happen to be selling hamburgers, but it's about people. It's about people and how we relate to people. He said, you'll always have an accountant. And if you ever say four plus four equals nine, your accountant will quickly get that corrected. Says you'll have attorneys that will keep you legal. But the one thing that they cannot do is love and respect your people. So you mentioned charities earlier. You can only imagine with a brand like a Coca-Cola, a brand like a McDonald's, two of the most recognized trademarks in the world, how many people are coming, the myriad of requests that we get. We can't possibly fulfill all of those. But to be tactful, to be diplomatic, to be sensitive to how you say no, can make all of the difference in the world. I can tell you of a request that was made from a charitable perspective, and I remember uniquely um, $250 is what I contributed. The person came back within a week or two and asked if I could make a $1,500 after the $250. Well, This was a teachable moment for me and for the individual. And very carefully, tactfully, and diplomatically, I explained why I would now not make even the $250 contribution. And I wanted the message to be, be grateful and appreciative 
for what anybody is willing to give. And that was a no. And it wasn't easy, but I wanted that to send a message. And that uh, was very, very important to me. So saying no is not ugly. It is not inappropriate. Sometimes it is the best thing for both parties uh, involved. And we get asked a lot, as you can imagine. Absolutely. So we always like to wrap up with some practical tips for the audience. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very basic tip is to simply say no more often to say no to excessive commitments and to say no to unacceptable situations. Um, If you're somebody who struggles to say no, as many of us do, maybe all of us, practice in a mirror. So that tip actually comes from the person that I mentioned earlier from my first job, who was a cancer to the organizational culture but he was actually a brilliant person, similar to your artist uh, who worked for you. He used to tell people, hey, practice saying no in a mirror and it will become a lot easier. And then our last tip is to be sure to frame your no as a rejection of an opportunity or as a rejection of an action, not as a rejection of the person themselves. individual. Exactly. So that it's, it's not a, a personal issue. You shouldn't take it personally. I simply have to say no to this opportunity. Right. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I think is so unique about McDonald's, for instance, so we might get an ask, <clears throat> but to be able to say and describe in detail what we do on an ongoing and consistent basis with the Ronald McDonald House charities is huge. So the person understands that you are giving, and this is our charity, our own charity. And I will tell you, Dave, that uh, I couldn't be more proud of what the Ronald McDonald House does. I'm ashamed to say that I was an operator for maybe two, three years before I understood the essence of what this house, what this facility does for individuals coming from some of the darker counties, great distances who can't have medical assistance where they are and they are driving some 50, 75 miles. In fact, everybody who uses the house must be at least 50 to 75 miles out. But to give that mom or that dad an opportunity to have a warm place to live while they are concerned about their little baby, uh, warmed my heart uh, when I learned that uh, the number of people who were sleeping on floors and sleeping in their cars and not having a place to take a bath or a shower, not having an opportunity to get a meal, uh, what we do for the Ronald McDonald House is huge to me. And uh, just about five, six years ago, we doubled the size. And I was the first one up to say, hey, here's my share because we do such a great work. So yeah, being able to say, here's what we do. I can't do this, but here's what we do. And let's give that a a shot uh, at a different time. Love to help. 